Prologue to Crunching Gears, Season 1, Episode 6. In this episode, I speak with Aaron Johnson. Aaron tells us about his career in the co-driver seat, starting off with his early times, days with his father in the Nissan Micra, quickly rising through the ranks, and now sitting with Oliver Solberg as they compete in rounds of the WRC and ERC. It's a fascinating story. I'm sure you will enjoy it. What could you do in a works car with works back up your front? Sure. Take it handy and win every rally around. Bertie <laughs> <laughs> Fisher and Andrew Nesbitt have made the 1999 event a classic, as we have already said. Never has so much been provided for so many by so few. Because that day and that hour and those minutes, I got the butt between my teeth. You know, I really stood up and was counted and said, this is not getting away. I remember when we pulled on our helmets and, and, and Donald says to me, what are we doing? I said, we're going for gold, Barrett. <laughs> to Crunching Gears. In this episode we're speaking to uh, co-driver extraordinaire Aaron Johnson. Aaron, welcome along. Thank you Kevin, glad to be here. Uh, Aaron, I'd like to start out first of all, congratulations on the fantastic start to your ERC campaign this year. Uh, third um, uh, rally the, Cap the Roma Capital and then uh, won uh, Leopaya. Fantastic start for, to that campaign for you. Yeah, I think uh, we didn't really expect it ourselves, to be honest, Kevin. Uh, we went to Rome with very little expectations just to get mileage on dry tarmac. Uh, the only tarmac event we had done so far was Monte Carlo. And obviously, with the challenges you face there with the snow and ice, it's not really a true tarmac event. So Rome was really our first time. And to finish third, I think, was beyond what everyone expected even Petter and everyone involved in the team it was just go and get the experience boys and get the feeling for what it's like to drive on dry tarmac and mm -hmm. we did that we concentrated on our own race and developing together in the car and okay for sure we were looking at the times but we weren't really concentrating on them so much just doing our own thing and at the end it all came good so we're very happy Excellent, excellent. Uh, like so, uh, we'll take a wee look over your career. Then when we're speaking here. What you know was there motorsport and the at home you were growing up? Yeah, yeah. Dad would have competed in the early years before he got married, and mm -hmm. then when Evan and my mother got married, it sort of all stopped until <laughs> the point that I got till twelve, and uh -huh. me and my father started doing night navigations and a little Nissan Micra. So mm -hmm. that's where it all began. And that's where I cut my teeth sort of uh, in the navigating world to, to learn the ropes. And I have to say the night navigations is 
a fantastic way to learn, especially because you have everything that you really need for stage rallying apart from the actual notes. Uh-huh. But uh, it's an experience I did for four years, and it's one that I really enjoyed, especially alongside my dad. And we had some good success. We finished second twice in uh, the Northern Ireland Championship. Never won it, but uh-huh. uh, second was all I could manage. But no, it was it was a good experience, and for sure it has helped me to progress on the stage rally and then up through the sport from there. Brilliant. And to spend that quality time with your father too obviously means a lot as well. And, yeah, uh, yeah. And then, like, was it, uh, you're only 16 then when you started stage rallying? Started stage rallying at 16. Uh, yeah. My first event was the Five Mile Town Forest, and uh-huh. it was just three weeks after my uh, 16th birthday. <laughs> so it all came around very quick. Uh-huh. Uh, I did it in uh, Mark II Escort with William Todd, an insurance uh-huh. broker from OMA. Yes. Um, and yeah, unfortunately, we didn't finish the event. We had uh, some mechanical problems, uh, I don't know, a few stages in. But uh, it was the first experience for me on uh, on stage rallying and one that was so close to home as well. So it was mm-hmm. quite nice to do it there. But And was that your first time on the list too in a rally car then as well? Yeah, yeah, first time on gravel. So uh-huh. nah, gravel still... Uh, tarmac's nice for sure, but I think gravel is, uh, is where proper rallying happens. <laughs> Wasn't they say tarmac's only to get you to the proper rallying? Yeah, that's, that's <laughs> so, like the, those first couple of years, you know, you're, right straight away you were doing like 13 to 20 events a year. Was this all about getting building up experience? Like you were doing a lot of events here in Ireland, uh, across Ireland, Northern Ireland, uh, even across to Scotland. Was this yeah. all about building up seat time for you? For sure, it's the same for a driver and a co-driver. It's all about uh, getting the experience and the mileage on both sides of the car. Uh, I think for me, it was more down to just the sheer passion that I got from the sport. It was essentially the only sport that I was competing in. I didn't follow football or rugby or anything like that. So it was it was always just rallying for me. And uh, when I was in the younger days at school and everything i couldn't wait for friday to come to get out to go to an event at the weekend so mm-hmm. i just tried to do as many as i could and thankfully i i was very lucky with picking up drivers and seats along the way to get as many events as i done in the early part and i think that has definitely stood to me now mm-hmm. uh, in later years because i have done so many events and experience a lot of different things you know every time you start a stage you come across a new uh, a new challenge so uh-huh. no it, it 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 definitely has helped me and is there any particular memories that stand out from those early years then for you uh, i think maybe the first real memory and the one that stands out is the trip over to scotland with mickey mcgillen and the 2.5 escort i think right. that was a special event uh he he went very fast and it was essentially my first time in a proper rear wheel drive car as well. So mm-hmm. it was a really nice experience and it was nice to get on the ferry and go across to uh, a different sort of province to go rallying. So uh, mm-hmm. I enjoyed that a lot. Yes. And I suppose, I think, you know, it's different from the norm. It's a whole new experience and seeing how they do things. Like You can't always kind of think that these things are, you know, other countries are doing things differently. But I suppose when you're there, it's... It's the same, isn't it, really? 
Yeah, yeah, it's it's all very similar. The only real difference is on the international events, they use international timing from stage start to stage start instead okay. of stage finish to stage start. But mm-hmm. once you do one, it's it's very simple, it's self-explanatory, but that's really the only difference, no matter mm-hmm. where you go in the world. The best piece of advice I ever got was no matter where you go, a map is always the same. And <laughs> that is one that uh, has stuck with me and that I do think about even now in the WRC when we're going to new countries and different events mm-hmm. that uh, it doesn't matter because a map's a map. Yeah, it's <laughs> a good sound advice there, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, yeah, it, uh, it definitely, it, for my first foreign event in Lithuania, I got that uh, little gem mm-hmm. and it, it definitely helped me because I was quite nervous going mm-hmm. abroad for the first time and new country, different language, yes. everything along the lines of that. But mm-hmm. uh, it's, it is definitely true, no matter what or where you go in the world, yeah. you just follow them up. And Lithuania, would that have been your first time writing notes as well, or had you uh, done those Me before? and Adam had done some small events, Adam Bustard had done some small events at home here, and we uh-huh. did start to, to develop uh, a note system from writing, and we like that but essentially yes my first rally writing pace notes was was the event in Lithuania. Mm-hmm. Yeah well just just go back a couple of years there um just you know uh, sort of conscious you know you sat with um the McKelvies the father and son team doing quite a few events with them too guys that must have been some experience too. Yeah Robert picked me up at the very very start for mm-hmm. the little sunset uh rally in Draperstown, two uh-huh. stages in the afternoon and two stages then in the darkness repeated. Yes. So without without Darren and Robert McKelvey, I would honestly have probably struggled in them early years because they took me on and under their wing and I did an awful lot of events, I would say probably maybe 30 rallies with the pair and mm-hmm. it was some of the best rally I've ever done because uh, we were really enjoying it and it uh, it wasn't so much about the times and the speed, it was just more about going out and having the crack and mm-hmm. we definitely did that. So them two boys definitely have been instrumental in getting me to where I am now and uh, I'm very thankful for them. Excellent. And uh, you're saying Lithuania, the Samsonas rally, that was with a Scottish guy, wasn't it? Fraser McNichol. Um, that was with a Scottish guy, yeah. yeah. It came about through the rally forums uh-huh. on uh, online. Uh, Fraser had advertised that he was looking someone to go out and uh, compete in the event and it would take you know, 10 days by the time we travelled out and recce and rally and come home again. So <laughs> I uh, I got in contact with Fraser and uh, we headed off straight away on the phone and decided to do the event and then actually progressed and did a few events together. But mm-hmm. uh, the first one was Lithuania. And as I say, that was my first event uh, internationally. Mm-hmm. And uh, I remember it well. It was a fast gravel rally. and. Yes. Uh, I think we finished top overseas crew and 17th overall, so it wasn't a bad result. And that, he was a, sort of like a Group A Evo, wasn't it? He was in it, it was a Group A Evo 6, yeah. Uh-huh, yeah. yeah. So, uh-huh. no, a nice car as well. Yeah, and like, he also helped you to make your uh, WRC debut as well. Uh, later that year, you've done the national stage in the Rally GB. Again, another stepping stone for you. 
Yeah, okay, it was only the national part of the rally, mm-hmm. but yes, it was still uh, it was still all the bells and whistles of the WRC event. You just only did the stages once instead of twice, right. like okay. the, the international field. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, we uh, we were having a fantastic run up until I think it was the second last stage. We were fourth overall and pushing hard to get on the podium. There was. Mm-hmm. I don't remember now, maybe less than 10 seconds to uh, to third place. And unfortunately, we slipped off and <laughs> got stuck. Mm-hmm. But uh, that's Ryan, as they say. Yeah, it was a good experience and uh, one I really enjoyed. I have to say, okay, of course, we were both very disappointed with not uh, getting across the line and over the ramp and everything. But mm-hmm. uh, that's just part of the sport. Yeah, unfortunately, sometimes it's a habit of kicking, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so then for 2016, so yourself, as you mentioned earlier, Adam Bustard, uh, going on to do the, the Junior British Rally Championship. Like, again, was this another stepping stone on your development plan? It wasn't really a plan, Kevin. I think okay. it just all fell into place. Uh-huh. Uh, I knew Adam from school. We were uh, at the same student school together, even though he was a year younger than me. So uh, uh-huh. we already knew each other from that. And I had sat with his father before Andy in, uh, in the escort. Okay. But um, the two boys I knew well, and it actually came about, uh, we were all over at Rally Spain uh, for the WRC event, just spectating. Uh-huh. And uh, I was with a group of my friends and Adam was with a group of his and uh, we met up in uh, the Danny Boy in Salou, <laughs> a classic uh, classic night spot over there but uh, we met up there and good chatting and Adam was telling me his plans from uh, for the next year coming uh-huh. and uh, we got in contact then when we went home again and it all worked out like that but it was sort of chance uh, meeting up yes. with the Danny Boy uh-huh. and uh, that's how it came about for there but I think that was one of the probably biggest stepping stones as you say mm-hmm. moving forward now to to where I'm at today mm-hmm. the British Championship back then it was the first year after they relaunched it mm-hmm. uh, as the R5 and the R2 Championship and when we started the first event in mid Wales there was 20 plus R2 cars so I think that was probably the best year of the British Championship in recent memory because of the competition and the international interest from uh, from drivers like Sindra mm-hmm. Furseth from Norway and Steve Rockland again from Norway. So mm-hmm. it was nice to be there and it really, I think, developed both of us as a crew, writing pace notes from scratch and doing the long events. Okay, compared to a WRC event, maybe it's not so long, but compared to a one-day national rally in Ireland, you know, mm-hmm. the BRC is quite a challenge. Yeah. But, uh, no, it, it it definitely was was a big jump uh, going from the likes of Fyne McCown over to do uh, mm-hmm. the, the British Championship and uh, an experience I, I really enjoyed alongside Adam. Uh-huh. And, like, you know, as you say, like, what an experience, you know, like you said, you know, you had M Sport there, you had, you know, like it was all the top teams were there. So it was nice to be in that, in that window as well. Um, yeah, well, we started in the in the M Sport uh, Turbo Car, the little uh-huh. R two, and it was uh, it was the first year that that car came out. Mm-hmm. So it was nice to be involved with M Sport in that regard in a brand new car, and we helped to uh, 
to develop it. And I think me and Adam also got that car's first uh, first win in the UK. So it's quite a nice achievement to have. Uh -huh. Yeah, it's nice. Volks they picked. Yeah. Uh, and it, was it 2016 also? Was that the year that you uh, you become a part of the MSA Academy for co-drivers? Yes, 2016 uh, also did the academy program. Uh, uh -huh. Again, another really worthwhile experience and one that uh, I definitely value uh, mm -hmm. even to this day. To have the likes of uh, Nicky Grist and Paul Spooner in your contacts on the phone to ring up at any time if you have any queries or questions, uh, it's, it's nice to have. Mm -hmm. I think... Uh, also, Motorsport Ireland are now doing the same. They're running an academy program. And again, for anyone looking to progress through the sport, you have to get involved and put yourself out there and, and do the training. It's no different to going to university to learn a degree. So, uh -huh. uh, no, definitely the, the academies, no matter where you do it, is, is a worthwhile experience. And... I, I took a lot from that, I have to say, it, uh, mm -hmm. it definitely helped me. And uh, was it like, obviously it was, whenever you were getting the results with Adam, that was putting you into the, to their field, I suppose, you know, they were picking up when the results you, you two guys were getting, so that was, was kind of shining the light on you to the, uh, so Yeah, okay. I, uh, there was, the year I did it, I think there was six others, so seven mm -hmm. in total, and I was the only one from, uh, from Ireland overdoing it. Mm -hmm. But it took it took some effort, you know, time off work and things, uh, and flying over to England to to go to the days. But uh, mm -hmm. yeah, it it was worthwhile doing. It it definitely helped me with the likes of talking to the media and again pre and post event prep and analysis on how to improve, writing pace notes, mm -hmm. uh, fitness. You know, it it helped on an awful lot of key aspects uh, as development as a co-driver. Yeah, brilliant, brilliant. And then in 2018, uh, you, went, you were over competing in France in the Peugeot 208 Cup. Uh, was that part of the Abu Dhabi racing team? Is that correct? Yeah, yeah, that was uh, part of Abu Dhabi Racing's junior rally programme. Uh -huh. uh, again, that I think was the next step. Uh, okay, me and Adam had done the the R2s in the British Championship the year before, but then to mm -hmm. go and do an R2 Championship abroad, such as the Peugeot Cup in France, because it's so competitive with all the local French guys, uh, it's hotly contested. But uh, it uh, it was good fun, and I think I think. That's really where I uh, I took the next step as a co-driver because you were going to France, which isn't so English friendly. Uh, uh -huh. A lot of the regulations and things are in France and Google Translate becomes your best friend. <laughs> but uh, it, it helped me learn what I was sort of up against in the future with... Uh, with the scale of the events and especially the gravel events in France are quite difficult because you do the recce the morning of the event in the rally car mm -hmm. and you only get one pass. So right. uh, it's quite a challenge, but again, it, it's all about learning. Uh -huh. I think that, yeah, you, you know, you did some good results that uh, year as well too. So it showed that you were obviously putting your, 
you know your effort and was paying off for you. Yeah, it it was Mohammed's first time there as well. Uh-huh. Uh, come, okay, he had done some events uh, in the Junior World Championship in a DS3, mm-hmm. but uh, when you go to France. It's like bringing someone over to Ireland and to tell them to do Donegal. You know, you have the local experts that know the stages and uh, mm-hmm. know uh, know the roads and the setup and things. So we mm-hmm. went in very, very fresh and blind, really, into that championship. And on the last, second last event of the year, we uh, we got a podium. So we were mm-hmm. building towards that throughout. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, that uh, it was another great experience for me, mm-hmm. especially with. PH Sport that run the works Citroen rally cars. Mm-hmm. You know they're they're such a professional team, and it was really my first experience at that level with uh, with such a dedicated rally team. And mm-hmm. I took a lot from them working with our own engineer and our own uh, representative and coordinator and building all that for us. At uh, it was a great experience and one now mm-hmm. that I've gotten used to working with obviously mm-hmm. Volkswagen and Skoda that we're with now Yeah, uh-huh. and then at the end of 2018 the opportunity to come up to sit with Peter Solberg in a pre-event test at, you know, ahead of his debut in the Volkswagen Motorsport Polo that year how did that come about? Uh, that was a strange one um, I'm very friendly with uh, Chris Patterson, who mm-hmm. uh, took me under his wing uh, several years ago and got me the opportunity with Abu Dhabi Racing. And mm-hmm. again, Chris phoned me up out of the blue and said, uh, what are you at next week? And I was like, oh, just, just work. Why? Mm-hmm. What's up? And he said, uh, Peter Solberg is looking at co-driver for his pre-event test in Spain in the, in the brand new Polo R5, mm-hmm. and I said, yeah, 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 be sure, no problem. <laughs> what do you, what, uh, what, what do you it... actually want? I, I thought it was a bit of a joke at the start. Uh-huh. But no, it, uh, that's uh, how it all started. And two, uh-huh. two days later, I was on a flight to Barcelona to uh-huh. meet up with, uh, with Petter to do the test. Yeah. And was that surreal, like meeting Peter? Like I know for myself, I'm a huge fan. Like, what you know, what was that like for you stepping off that plane? And I don't know when did you meet Peter there coming off the plane? Or uh, yeah, it, uh, it definitely was a surreal feeling. I had grown up on watching him on the TV, like in yes. the in the blue and gold Subaru. Uh-huh. So to to meet him and then get into the car beside him in a brand new car that was so hotly anticipated mm-hmm. because it was a Volkswagen and they had dominated the, the World Championship for so many years previous. But yeah. uh, it uh, it was a dream come true for me to sit in beside him and mm-hmm. uh, there's not many people that uh, that can say they've done that. No. And what, like, were you nervous? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it, uh, it was probably one of the most nervous times I have ever been in a rally car. Okay, there was no pressure because Peter knew, you know, I was young. I didn't have any real experience in R5 or WRC cars from from before that. But uh-huh. we met up uh, the night before the test, stayed in the hotel, had dinner, you know, just 
talked and it was probably quite annoying for him because I was asking so many questions <laughs> that he's probably answered so many times before. Yeah. But uh, he's a gentleman and what you see on the TV is what you get from from Petter. You know, he will do anything to help. And uh, it was quite relaxing the night before, but then the next morning, uh, going down for breakfast, I think uh, the nerves started to kick in. And, mm -hmm. Doing doing the recce that morning in the in the rental car and with the amount of details synonymous with the Solberg pace note system, I think yeah, it was an <laughs> eye opener for me. Uh -huh. uh, I was my hand was going as fast as it could to uh, to write down all the the details that uh, the two boys used, but. Uh -huh. um, no, it all went very well, and after the first run, Peter gave me a great compliment, and he was very, very happy about uh, about the job I had done, and uh, things started to progress from there. Yeah, so I, that obviously the seat was sown that day. Um, Oliver Peterson, then you were on board for the the following year with him. Um, yes, uh, it was about two weeks after that. Uh, Peter phoned again, and. Uh, said would i be interested in doing another test this time with uh, with oliver uh -huh. and of course he without a doubt they said yes and uh, it was then a rush to get uh, an s sorted because the test was going to be in america so <laughs> we flew across the atlantic and jumped into the subaru usa impreza uh -huh. and we did uh, it was just one day uh, one day test and mm -hmm. me and Oliver clicked instantly you know mm -hmm. we got on very well we're a similar age okay I'm a few years older than him mm -hmm. uh, maybe a little bit more mature than an 18 year old but uh, yeah we got on very well and we decided from then we would partner up and, and start working together yeah. and like that must have been like such a moment for the Solberg family having you know the Solberg name and the side of Subaru again like it must have been lovely just to be part of that, never mind even anything else at that stage. Yeah, well, the first test was unfortunately in a plain white test oh, car, so right. uh, yes. <laughs> we didn't get uh, quite the full experience. But then when we, we signed for Subaru to do the American Rally Championship the following year, uh, Doing that first event in the in the blue and gold Subaru alongside a Solberg, it's it's an experience I definitely will never forget, and one mm -hmm. that still gives me goosebumps. Uh, it was just a dream come true, and especially in the car that it was with the name that it was, I I think it was just a very special experience. Yeah, and then cars in America, they're kind of like running basically WRC, aren't they? There's in America, everything's bigger and better in America. <laughs> but uh, as the saying goes, but the cars are the cars are very very fast. You know, uh -huh. they are probably the equivalent to the WRC cars that are in Europe, but uh -huh. maybe not so much uh, chassis wise. But mm -hmm. the the power and everything is definitely there. Yes, but. Uh, yeah, I think the speed there, because the roads are so wide and so fast, uh, the cars are, you know, phenomenal. Mm -hmm. And some of the some of the rallies that we did over there, you know, the average speed was like 130, 140 kilometers an hour average. So yes. mm -hmm. it's big speed, but 
mm-hmm. it was a good learning experience uh, yeah. coming back to Europe. Uh, and like Oliver was still only 17 at that stage as well too. Like it was, yeah. It was not the number for him to be stepping into that going so fast. Yeah, well, he, cross, no, coming up through the rally cross in in the family DS3 that Peter won the world championship in in uh, thirteen and fourteen, I think. <laughs> Oliver drove it in the Nordic Rally Cross Championship, so with yeah. the the six hundred horsepower that he had there, he was well able to manage the Subaru with maybe <laughs> three hundred. So <laughs> yes, and that first year, like phenomenal year. You know, you done. I think it was twelve events, seven outright ones, three or five ones, and then you know, like even the couple of times you were, uh, you could beat it was by world cars, and only one retirement throughout that whole year. That was just you know doesn't get much better than that, does it? Now, as twenty nineteen goes, I honestly don't think you could have a better year uh, rallying anyway, and mm-hmm. um, especially when we started a new partnership. And you know everything was new. It was Oliver's first uh, time in the R5. It was our first time together, and uh, just learning as two young boys trying to uh, trying to progress through the sport. But mm-hmm. again, I don't think anybody really expected uh, us to win our first event. Um, it was a winter event, and Oliver is very comfortable on the snow and ice, obviously, being Scandinavian. He mm-hmm. has grew up uh, in stockyards and things on uh, on them roads. But yes. for our first event in the R5, especially up against uh, Valeri Gorbin in the Pro Drive Mini WRC, uh, it was, like, so unexpected. I don't think... I don't think... Uh, we really believed it until the rally was over because uh-huh. on the first two stages uh, they were in the dark uh, the, on the Friday night uh-huh. and the WRC car was quicker than us marginally. I think Gorbin held a maybe five, six second lead after the first uh, first two stages in the dark and then come, come Saturday when the real rally really started with eight stages or whatever in, in daylight. Mm-hmm. We were fastest on the majority of them and took the lead and, and won the rally, but it was also my first international, well, it was my first rally win, never uh-huh. made international yes. win. And I always thought my first rally win would come in Ireland, but yeah. uh, mm-hmm. no, it came in the Baltics. <laughs> yes, a nice, nice one for you. And uh, as I say, that year just was just outstanding. Uh, yeah, you've done your first WRC rally that year too. Bit bittersweet, um, you know, a lot of pressure going into that event as well, wasn't there? Yeah, well, after after what we had did in in the year with winning seven rallies and you know competing in America as well and winning events over there with Subaru, uh, we were on a high and going into Wales. I wouldn't say we had, you know high expectations but we were expecting to do maybe a little better than uh, than how it actually turned out but our rally was really over in wales before it had had started okay the first stage was uh super special uh on the thursday night mm-hmm. so the first proper stage of the rally stage two on uh, on friday morning in the forests about four or five kilometers in 
we we had it in our paste notes, uh, a small cut, and there was obviously a rock or something that we didn't see in the road, and it broke our steering. And on the on the corner that followed, we just uh, understeered and slid off into into a deep ditch and got stuck. There was no damage on the car apart from mm-hmm. apart from obviously the steering that we had broke before, but. Uh, we were just stuck, and that was the end yeah. of, of day one. Anyway, uh-huh. but then when you come back, you know, you showed that you had the pace, and uh, oh. you, you think four fastest times that uh, you know once you got back going again. So it showed that you know the step up to WRC didn't face you either. Yeah, we super rallied for day two, and uh, we had absolutely nothing to lose or really gain, to be mm-hmm. honest. After after retiring from the event the previous day, but. <laughs> We set out and it was quite a long road section out to out to the first stage on Saturday morning and we were just chatting and, and having a joke and a laugh and uh, all Oliver really wanted from Wales was bragging rights uh, against his dad. It was, <laughs> it was the only time that the two boys were going to compete against each other in the same machinery and yes. as I say, I don't think for either of them, Peter or Oliver, the result mattered. It was just who was going to be top solver. But um, <laughs> we went out on day two and decided before we started, we'll just go flat out, see uh-huh. what happens. Yes. And uh, we won the first two stages that morning uh, comfortably. You know, I don't think there was anybody really. Uh, next to us, but okay, they were obviously driving because they were still in the rally where we were just on a wing and a prayer and hoping that it would uh, it would last. Uh-huh. But uh, the two first stages we were fastest, beating Kelly, Robin Perra and Petter comfortably, mm-hmm. but unfortunately, bad luck struck again. And on the third stage of the loop, uh, about 500 metres after the start, the polo just ground to a halt, uh, an electrical problem, but uh, it just wasn't going to be our weekend, no. I think. <laughs> There's somebody who wasn't, didn't want it going well for you. But like, yeah. how good was that to be inside that team then with Petter and Phil Mills, their last you know, event together, Petter stepped away from the sport, and they, they finished inside the top 10. That must have been fantastic just to see that first hand. Yeah, yeah. On, well, on the first stage of the rally on the Super Special, the the two boys were, I think, third fastest overall um, uh-huh. on on in the R5 against the WRC car. So it started off as they meant to go on. Um, I remember Phil had always, uh, okay, Wales is his, his home event, but it was also the two boys' favourite event, and it was where they took their first win in... Uh, 2002 mm-hmm. but to come back 17 years later in the R5 and win and win it there as well on their swan song was uh, was phenomenal result mm-hmm. I know he's, he's like Petter's nickname is Hollywood but like it is a Hollywood tale wasn't it the way it all fell together oh it is yeah yeah <laughs> so it uh, it couldn't have went any better for them to be honest and uh-huh. I think that uh, I think that uh they they done themselves justice and you know mm-hmm. really made everybody proud on on finishing their career like that. Mm-hmm. So twenty twenty, there was big plans being put in place for for the year. Um, yes, we're still in the polo and also signed to Skoda Motorsport for twenty twenty as well. 
Um, yeah, 2020, I think, for everybody was uh, the year that could have been um, mm-hmm. with everything that has went on with the coronavirus. But we had a jam-packed year. We were doing 13 out of the 14 WRC events. The only one we were missing was Rally Turkey. Okay. So, unfortunately, it didn't work out like that uh, yes. with the virus and things. And to be honest, 2020 didn't start fantastically for us but we were just going to get experience we weren't worried about the about the results but mm-hmm. of course as competitors you want to do as best you can under the circumstances but monaco monaco i think was a challenge uh, of course it was oliver's well then first event ever on tarmac mm-hmm. and we had did a few days testing in the Alps uh, two weeks before. But to go there and set the times that we did, I think was very encouraging for the years to come. But Mm -hmm. unfortunately on on day two, we we ran slightly wide on an icy patch and just tapped the bank on the outside and uh, broke the rear suspension. So we had to stop in the stage and fix it. It was, uh, it took us, I think 17, 18 minutes to sort it out. But right. we uh, we botched the car back together and uh, thankfully it was the last stage of the loop. So we returned to service and the boys fixed it. But mm-hmm. uh, yeah, I think up until that, we were in the top five in the R5s and in the top mm-hmm. 15 overall. So mm-hmm. it was going well. It's just a pity that uh, we had that little misdemeanor. But mm-hmm. then in Sweden, in Sweden, we started... Uh, with uh, Skoda. Mm-hmm. Um, we had done a few days testing again before the event, but Oliver had spent, you know, 18 months in the polo before this. And okay, you know, they're both very similar mm-hmm. R5 cars, but they both have, you know, slightly different characteristics. And it just took Oliver a little time to get to get used to driving the, the Fabia, but uh, we made a big step with setup on day two and we were much more competitive there mm-hmm. and we were lying in fourth behind Johan Christopherson, the world rallycross champion from the year before. Yes. And uh, obviously that was Petter's teammate in the rallycross and the course, Volkswagen mm-hmm. Sweden team. So yeah. Oliver and him know each other well and mm-hmm. they had good banter and crack between the stages. But unfortunately again, Bad luck struck and we got a puncture on the on the very last stage and dropped about a minute and mm-hmm. down to fifth instead of uh, fighting for the podium. But again, that's mm-hmm. that's rallying us. Yes, mm-hmm. and like, probably before the rally had started, if somebody like over your fifth year probably took it at the same time. You know? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. As mm-hmm. I say, this year this year wasn't about you know no, being the, competitive no. or setting the world alight. It was just get the experience and the mileage under your belt uh, moving forward. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, the whole lockdown thing kicked in. What do you do at that time then to keep yourself active and, you know, a regime that you follow, follow and all that kind of thing? Uh, it was very difficult as a co-driver. Okay, the drivers can use the simulators and things that everybody seems to have set up in their living room now. But mm-hmm. uh, from a co-driver perspective, there's not really so much that you can do. Uh, I did do a couple of the tabletop night navigation events that were run by, well, Rathryland and Monaghan Motor Club, and mm-hmm. uh, I enjoyed them. It was good to get back to the, 
the roamer and on a map and mm -hmm. plot your way around. So uh, it took me back a few years to where it all started with dad. But mm -hmm. uh, apart from that, just you know, work on uh, work on what you have from the events that we had already done this year, reviewing onboards and things like that and looking forward and always preparing to, to the next rally, even though you weren't sure if it was going to run or not. But mm -hmm. uh, yeah, you just have to keep looking forward and planning ahead uh, to watch the come. Yeah, and is Keep Fit a big part of your life now as well too? And what you Yeah, know it is for sure. You have, uh -huh. to, you have to be very conscious of that. Obviously, the lighter you are, the faster you can go. But uh -huh. uh, <laughs> there is, in the WRC nowadays, there is a weight limit for the crew. Um, right. Oliver and I are quite a lot under it. So there is ballast added to the car uh, uh -huh. to make it uh, to make it fair for everybody. But yes. yeah, fitness and fitness and you know mm -hmm. dietary and healthy eating and everything is a big part of it as well. Mm -hmm. Yes, yeah, and that builds up your stamina and all too, I suppose then for Yeah, for yeah, especially event. especially on the long haul events where, you know, the likes of Mexico there could be thirty plus degrees and maybe forty plus in the car with your helmet and suit and all on uh, mm -hmm. your your fitness and especially mental uh mental strength comes into it a lot. So mm -hmm. it's something that you definitely have to have to work on. Yeah. Mm -hmm. uh, so yeah, the, the the calendar resumed then in Italy with the ERC and the Rally de Roma. Uh, as you said, it was uh, Oliver's first time out rally, and then he, he lost his glasses, and then he had a couple of other wee niggles. Like to come away with third, like that's phenomenal, isn't it? Like when you think you, some of the guys even behind you, uh, you know, have had years of experience. Yeah, Rome. I think, well, Rome was really the first international event back for everybody and they mm -hmm. did attract uh, a savage entry because of that and people were just mad to get out and back driving. Mm -hmm. But uh, we went to the event just for experience. We didn't really have any intentions of, uh, you know, scoring points for the European Championship, even though we did register because the plan was always to do the first rally that opened up again after the virus, no matter where or when it was. Mm -hmm. And it just happened to be Rome. And we always did plan to do Leopay again after winning it last year. So that meant that the first two events we would do would be county grounds of the European Championship. But mm -hmm. in Rome, in Rome, we just, again, like we do every time, did our own thing and not really worry about everybody else. And mm -hmm. we had a very good recce, you know, Oliver felt good. We did some pace note practice uh, the week leading up to the event. We flew out very early and spent uh, a few days around Milan uh, testing and doing pace note practice so that we were back in the rhythm uh, after such a long break. Okay. But... Uh, to be to be third and on the podium there on our first proper dry tarmac event was was unexpected, like mm -hmm. I said earlier, and it uh, it definitely was a good kickstart uh, of the year again. Mm -hmm. And then uh, Leah Pye, as you just alluded to, there just won it last year. So was confidence high going into it then? Ah, uh, confidence is high. Everybody everybody has said this, but. I think every time, especially for me, you start a rally, it doesn't really matter what you you did the year before or the event before because the stopwatches are reset and everybody starts on 11 playing field again. But the fast gravel roads of, of Latvia 
we were very comfortable on. We did the full Latvian Championship in 2019 and won it. So mm -hmm. it's a country that we know well and have good experience in. And some of the stages, I would say maybe 30% of the rally was the same as last year. So we did have pace notes and uh, we knew our way around uh, part of the, the route. But... Mm -hmm. Yeah, we you can never take anything for granted, especially when you're up against the likes of Greg Green, Matt Osberg, and uh, Alexei Lukunuk. You know, all them boys are rapid uh, mm -hmm. every time every time they start an event. So to take a start to finish lead was uh, was nice, and to finish on on the top step of the podium again and stand on the the roof of the polo at the, mm -hmm. the stop car on the last stage was was a great feeling i think it was probably even more special than last year's victory because it proved that we were able to repeat it and it wasn't just a fluke last year mm -hmm. and especially the entry was was you know sublime this year with yes. craig and mads and um, mm -hmm to be fighting with the, the current WRC drivers in, in the R5, it, uh, it made it very special. Excellent. Um, much has been said about, you know, the, the pace notes yourself and all of our employee. Like, do you, do you, are you aware of this or do you just, you know, it's just second nature to you now at this stage? I'm, uh, I'm very aware of it. Uh, <laughs> I, the onboards from from Rome and Latvia have went down very very well with everybody and the support that everybody has given me and uh, the nice compliments and messages have been have been overwhelming at times to be honest. Mm -hmm. But the pace notes the pace notes are the most detailed I think of any driver uh, ever. Uh, the only one that comes close is his father. <laughs> But uh, it's a system that is obviously working for us. Um, mm -hmm. it, we have spent an awful lot of time uh, together adapting and improving them to work. And it seems to, it seems to be doing that. So we'll, we'll just keep at it. And okay, I think maybe for the, for the future, things might have to get a little bit uh, simpler with uh, not so many words, but we will keep the detail and just uh, and just employ ways to, to cut down the actual actual number of words. But it's it's a system that he learned from his father, and he has built on it himself with uh, his own twist. And yeah, it's it's detailed, but it's also incredibly accurate. And that's obviously where the speed's coming from, dude. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's like a work in progress, as you say. Like so, it's, it's yeah, always been yeah, refined it's, and. Yeah. Mm -hmm. It's it's always a work in progress, and as I say, there Latvia. Some of the stages were repeated this year, and even though we won the rally last year, we made a lot of changes uh, after another year's development and another year's experience mm -hmm. on the same road uh, for this year. So I don't think the the system will will ever be, you know, refined that it doesn't require any work mm -hmm. and. We'll always be always be striving to to improve it uh, as we go along. Mm -hmm. And so you're looking forward now to Valley Estonia next weekend. Um, again, a good event for you last year. Is, is, is hopes high going into it again this year? Yeah, I think uh, Estonia was very kind to us last year. We won the R5s and uh, we had a cracking time on the first one. We were faster than 
a few of the WRC boys in the WRC cars. So uh, after coming from Latvia and the, the characteristics of the road are quite similar. Okay, they're both fast travel events, but Estonia tends to be a little more of a sandy surface with uh, maybe a, a few more ruts on the second pass. But yeah, okay, as I say, you know, every event you start, it's it's a fresh timesheet for everybody. But uh, yeah, we're we're confident after our our previous result in, in Latvia, and we'll we'll do our best like we always do. Uh, it's the first event back in the World Championship, so the aim is always like every event to to finish, and we we have the WRC Championship or WRC three Championship to think about as well. So. We'll, we'll do our best and try and achieve a good result for uh, for the team and uh, move forward then into the rest of the year. Yeah, and, and what's your hopes ahead of the rest of 2020? Uh, to do as many rallies as possible, which <laughs> at the minute is 50-50 uh, with, with the pandemic. But mm. uh, look, I was really looking forward to the Azores. Um, mm. Unfortunately, it has been cancelled and after the, our results in the previous two European Championship rounds, we had planned to go there. Mm-hmm. Especially when you see some of the pictures and the onboards from previous years on the likes of the volcano stage yeah. up around the, the top. It, uh, it looks like a very special place to go mm-hmm. rallying, but unfortunately, it's not meant to be this year. But uh, we'll see how things go. I think we'll, we'll concentrate now on Estonia next week. And... The plan was originally that we would skip Turkey at the very start of the year, but with the way things have went, uh, we might reconsider. But mm-hmm. we'll just try and do as many rallies as we can and build on the experience and things. And uh, we're already looking forward to uh, to next year. Yeah, perfect. And I think, Aaron, that just wrapped up nicely. Um, I really wish you all the best for the rest of 2020 and the, the rest of your career. And thank you very much now for taking the time now to join us. Yeah, thank you very much, Kevin, for uh, for inviting me on. And it's been great to chat to you this morning. Yeah, it's, thank been, you. Uh, it's been good fun. Yeah, thank you very much. And maybe we'll catch up with you later in the season and see how things went for you. Yeah, sounds good to me. Okay, everyone. Take care now. Thanks very much. Right bye, now. Bye-bye. 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 Thank you very much for listening. That was Aaron Johnson and myself, Kevin Glendinning, talking really. Uh, if you like it, can you please like and share pro- across all social media platforms? And if you're listening to an Apple podcast, can you please rate and share the podcast? It would be greatly appreciated. Until next time, take care and bye.